All right, everyone. Yeah, this is the roadmap. Benzinga's NFT show. We've got so much to talk about as we previewed last week. We had one of the biggest sporting events, the Super Bowl, and there was tons of rumors, tons of conversation about what was going to happen during the big game. So without further ado, let me bring on the man who I talked to about all those rumors and all that news. We have Benzinga's own Brian Moore. Hola. So Brian, before we get started today, I have to remind everyone that today's show is sponsored by FTX US, one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world in terms of trading volume and daily users. The FTX app is used by over 6 million people that buy crypto and NFTs, no transaction or withdrawal fees from your phone or computer. And that FTX US trading platform offers NFT trading on both the Ethereum and Solana blockchains with no gas fees. You can find out more uh, by clicking on the link in the description below and also pinned to the chat right now. And Brian, speaking of FTX, I mean, we talked about this last week, right? That our friends from FTX were going to have a Super Bowl commercial and they were also going to be giving away Bitcoin based on what time that commercial aired. So Brian, that commercial with FTX featuring Larry David, uh, it was one of the most talked about commercials and uh, I thought really well done and really funny. What'd you think of that commercial? Yeah, I really liked it. <clears throat> I liked the uh, other Coinbase one where I had no idea what was going on with it. <laughs> the that the bouncing cool. around on, on mm -hmm. the screen. So, so Brian, I mean, I, I was way off with my guess on uh, FTX. I thought <laughs> that that commercial was going to air like 9 o'clock. Um, and it actually, I, I shared the tweet here, 7.54 was the actual time. So they're giving away 7.54 uh, Bitcoin to anyone who retweeted and entered that contest. Uh Fingers crossed here, of course, but uh, again, props to our friends at FTX for getting that Super Bowl commercial out. And then, Brian, you, of course, mentioned uh, the other one that I've heard so many people talk about, Coinbase. Uh, not a 30-second ad. They did a, a full minute, right? It's like an so, hour. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> what, it seemed like it would last forever, which was probably good because it gave a lot of people time to, to figure out what was going on. Um, so $14 million is the estimated cost that they spent for that 60 seconds to have a, a QR code bounce around. Right. And for, for many of us in the, the crypto space and the NFT space, I think we knew what was happening right away. Right. I grabbed my phone so fast, Brian. I mean, I already had it out cause I was live tweeting uh, commercials during the Super Bowl, but I scanned that QR code and I was hoping, Hey, it's going to be the Coinbase NFT marketplace. Let's go. Let's start buying NFTs. It wasn't, but still, mm, just disappointed. Like I even I ran into the like as I was in the the kitchen fixing finishing what we made for dinner because my wife and I stayed home and uh, I saw it on my phone and of course I couldn't do anything for my phone so I ran into the bedroom where we were watching it and then I started scanning it and got it and I was like really disappointed but she had no idea what the hell was going on. She was like, I don't get it. Like that was stupid. Why? I was like, well, I bet a lot of people scan that. And then a lot of people were disappointed like me because we didn't really get anything out of it. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the the key point, Brian, I, is my kind of my takeaway, right? Is that I scanned as fast as I could. And what did I get out of it? Nothing, possibly mm -hmm. something. Something to nothing. talk about. 
something to talk about. There you go. So, and, and what did they get? A ton of new users potentially, right? Yeah. And, and that's what they spent money on, of course. And also, Brian, I saw the data yesterday. Their um, chief product officer actually said that they had 20 million visitors to their website in one minute. So one minute after that commercial aired or during 20 million people last or in the month of December, they had 77 million visitors. So around a quarter of what they normally get in a month, they got in one minute, thanks to the power of the Super Bowl. So obviously $14 million is, you know, no small amount, but it looks like potentially money well spent. And also their app, um, you know, it, it went all the way up to number two, I believe on the, the U S app charts for yeah. downloads. So again, you know, getting their word out there. We also saw, you know, crypto.com. So FTX, Coinbase, crypto.com, all doing ads. And then Brian, the, the surprise one for me, and the one that I think a lot of people loved because it had so much going on was the eToro one, right? Mm-hmm. So the eToro commercial, it featured a uh, Shiba dog, right? That we saw lots of different crypto communities fight over which coin it was actually supposed <laughs> to be. But then also hidden in that commercial, which no one seemed to find until eToro tweeted out, mm. there was a Bored Ape from the Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT collection. So, Brian, I didn't see this the first time. There it, is, there it is on screen, right? You have to really kind of slow down, zoom, so look you in the look corner there. Yeah, you know, so they tweeted out and said that they brought a friend along. So that is a Bored Ape that belongs to their founder and CEO. Um, so here we have the uh, the image uh, of the actual NFT, right? So there it is. Um, that's his, and he featured it in the commercial. Brian, there was all kinds of talk, right? That we were going to see Bored Apes, you know, uh, in a commercial. We were going to see Bored Apes as part of the halftime show. That stuff didn't happen, but instead we got a, a one-second image of a bored ape in a commercial. I mean, is that kind of a, a small consolation prize or just kind of a, a non-event here? Yeah, it's just like, well, here you guys go. <laughs> Quit talking about it. Yeah, I mean, now people can't say that a bored ape wasn't in the, the Super Bowl commercial. I mean, because technically, uh, you know, so I guess on a technicality, um, we'll, we'll take it. But I... Uh, eToro has also mentioned that maybe they're going to get into the NFT space. So uh, maybe this was just a, a glimpse of what they have coming. So again, uh, you know, watch out OpenSea. There is tons of competition out there or coming your way soon. Um, but I mean, the Super Bowl is very exciting. We also saw the Bud Light Next commercial that featured the the Nouns yeah. Dow, right? Which is mm-hmm. something we talked about, those Nouns glasses. That was really cool for me to see. And technically that was the first then nft ever featured in a super bowl commercial so a bit of history there what did you think of that bud light ad um, that was it was really neat <clears throat> i saw bits and pieces of it then i had to rewatch it because it like i i wasn't really paying attention when i first saw it but i mean it was it, it was kind of what you expected i guess it was pretty neat um i still kind of go back to what i was saying on but the episode before the super bowl and hope and hoping that this will kind of push the nouns DAO uh out there a little bit more and uh we'll have more uh DAOs actually kind of follow what they're doing because i don't know why but i really like their style i really like how they have done everything and just the fact that it's never gonna end and it's a daily auction so you know maybe a couple years from now when people 
might forget about it or whatever, you might be able to snag one for really cheap just out of nowhere kind of thing. So I don't know. I think it's really cool, and I hopefully they we see a lot more of uh, them because of the commercial um, in the future. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, so something else, Brian, um, is we got to give a shout out. We talked about a couple players, right? So winning the Super Bowl, and it wasn't his first Super Bowl ever, um, Von Miller, defensive mm-hmm. player for the Los Angeles Rams. And we highlight him because he is the owner of a couple board apes. So let me get this cowboy on the screen, right? This is his board ape that has been his profile picture before. Um, he also owns two mutant serums that he has not used yet to make those mutant ape yacht club NFTs. So uh, I'm wondering when we get news or anything on that, but uh, kind of cool to see someone, you know, who's so heavily involved in the NFT space, as, as far as athletes, you know, win a Super Bowl, you know, tweet about it, be congratulated by the community. And then also we saw Odell Beckham Jr., who has, you know, a dead fellas NFT as his profile picture. He also owns a CryptoPunk. And Brian, I don't know if you saw this picture. I just actually remembered about it to, to add it in here. But during the celebration, he once again wore his CryptoPunk. So here it is. Oh, I didn't see that. No. With the Lombardi right. trophy, there is Odell Beckham Jr. on the right with his CryptoPunk on his shirt. I mean, talk about a flex. Super Bowl champion, cool. CryptoPunk owner. I, I love it. Um, and, you know, not the first time. He also, you know, wore it this mm-hmm. way before. So um, we, we talked about that last week. Brian, I mean, Odell was having a great game. I was really rooting for him. I had I, I may have had some money on him to win MVP. And, and then, of course, uh, he got hurt, um, yeah. which was very <clears throat> unfortunate. Sounds like it is. A, I just needed a, him to score one, so I was fine. <laughs> I know. He did get that touchdown. Yep. So <laughs> good call, Brian. I did get some money off of that, but he didn't hit the over on the yards I needed. Um, he didn't win MVP. So, I mean, that would have been cool, you know, to hit those things. But uh, again, my hat's off to him. He is now a, a Super Bowl champion. Um, but, uh, Brian, I think that's what we've got for for Super Bowl. Anything else that really caught your eye or, um, you know, to, to talk about with the Super Bowl here? Um, the halftime show was really awesome. It, it made me think about, you know, back when I was a kid listening to rap or I guess a teenager listening to rap and all those people were my, you know, my favorites. So I really liked that in, you know, sneaking Kendrick Lamar, but like, yeah, it, it was kind of overwhelming on the sense of we, we definitely, uh, maybe got a little overexcited about how crypto and NFT focused it would have been. But then if you kind of look back on retrospect, it makes sense. You know, there's not really much else to do besides commercials and stuff like that. I was just hoping I would have seen a lot more stuff maybe on social media and different announcements, different drops, and just see a lot more trending stuff than just, you know, the usual, just the halftime show, blah, blah, blah. It's a little underwhelming on just that small aspect of it. Overall, I, I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah, and I mean, looking back now, I feel like maybe we should have thought that all along the fact that there were, you know, so many performers that there wasn't going to be room or time to really do anything NFT related. And also, you know, it's not like it was just Eminem and Snoop Dogg performing who both own Board Ape. There were other performers who, to my knowledge, don't own any NFTs. So what would that have, you know, looked like? Would they have just kind of, you know, stood on the stage watching? Would they have, you know, bought some Mm -hmm. before? Would that have been part of it? I mean, 
And, and that that performance, I mean, Brian, you mentioned it. Yeah, it took me back, you know, years ago, listening to all those songs. And, you know, I, I could have listened to that halftime performance for, for so much longer. And then it ended and it was like, oh, oh, shit, it's over. They all performed, I guess. Um, you know, so there probably wouldn't have been time to really get into, you know, anything crypto or NFT related. So, but it was a, a great game and also a great halftime performance. So, and again, we did get some NFT and crypto connections via the commercials, at least. So a lot for us to talk about last week and of course today to wrap it up, but I think that's going to do it for Super Bowl talk. Um, Brian, let's get into... Uh, you know, something we talk about a lot is the top 10 from last week. So the top 10 NFTs by sales volume. We did have a couple of uh, new ones on the list here. So we had uh, Kara Furu was number one at 54.3 million. Pixelmon, number two at 52.7. And then CryptoPunks came in third. Cool Pets fourth. Axie five. Board Ape six. No surprise. Azuki fell from one down to seven and then Clonex and Mutant Ape. And then number 10, uh, I, I believe it's Krabata. So, so Brian, I'm going to break down a couple of these because they, they caught, they caught my eye. Mm -hmm. So Karafuru topping the list. This one came out uh, around 12 days ago. Now it's a collection of 5,555 floor price of 3.15. Um, you know, so it's an interesting one. And then Pixelmon it has really been talked about a lot. And we might get to that later on in today's episode of these NFT projects with huge followings starting their mint price way too high, right? So Pixelmon had a Dutch auction. The starting price was three ETH. And oh, now yeah. we have a floor of around 1.4. So people are literally, I mean, underwater from where they got in, mm -hmm. uh, depending on when they bought, you know, in this Dutch auction. And then CryptoPunks. Brian, did you see the record CryptoPunk? So yeah. Crypt uh -huh. CryptoPunk 5822 for anyone out there watching or listening. It's one of the rare alien punks. So there are only nine of these alien punks in existence. And uh, it sold for 8,000 ETH or $23.7 million. <laughs> Brian, that is a huge price tag. And with that, we then saw a little bit of a run on uh, CryptoPunks. And then, of course, uh, Cool Cats and Cool Pets saw good volume because of the Cool Pets launch. The surprising one for me, though, Brian, Krabata coming in at 10th. This is based on the Avalanche blockchain. It's a play-to-earn mm -hmm. game. Sales volume, 18.2 million. Brian, I don't know a ton about Avalanche, but uh, this well, game they just it started caught my uh, attention. Rocking. Yeah. Tell me more about Avalanche. Well, I mean, they. Um, I just saw an article um, that Avalanche is now trending up because uh, DeFi is kind of coming back. And I've actually seen a lot more uh, mentions on different parts of Twitter that DeFi is kind of making not necessarily the same kind of run, but we're seeing the NFT uh, pretty much only focus now kind of expand back to include include uh, tokens and crypto into nft and you know both or vice versa or nfts with tokens or tokens with nfts so finally we're having this mesh that um it should have been all along and maybe we'll see a lot more of these uh eip um or erc 1155 protocols where you know you can have fungible and non-fungible and tokenized assets all in the same 
So uh, Avalanche is, yeah, just another DeFi protocol with staking and all that kind of stuff, just like Solana. Um, we're just seeing a lot more um, rise in it, and that probably is why this uh, NFT project had a big boom because AVAX uh, shot up like 40% or something like that the last little bit in a very short time. Yeah, and you know, I have the website pulled up in my browser because I've been meaning to do some research on this game and find out if maybe I want to uh, get involved. But, you know, play to earn, we've got the typical, you know, mining, looting, breeding, and battling, um, you know, obviously looks a little bit similar to Axie. Uh, 64 breed types. It looks like we're still in the early phase here, though. So they have a demo for Windows, Mac, and Android. Um, they have a, a token, their own token, their own in-game currency, and then also, you know, the NFTs that are playable. So uh, this is interesting. I'm going to need to do some more research on it, um, Brian. But, uh, you know, it's it's always kind of nice to see something non-ETH related pop up in the top 10, right? Usually it's just Axie. Occasionally it'll be something on like the Wax blockchain, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But lately we've been getting these other ones, right? Like Solana, now Avalanche. You know, it's nice to see kind of uh, some difference and some diversification. And that's why when we did our interview recently with Solana Legend, which we actually replayed yesterday too, um, you know, Solana... Those NFTs have been kicking it. Um, it's an area I want to get more exposed to because I want more diversification in my portfolio. So uh, I'm definitely going to be checking out Kerbata. If anyone out there listening or watching has experience with Avalanche NFTs, uh, hit us up. Let us know because um, maybe we can feature that in a upcoming episode. Brian, I, I tuned into a cool uh, Twitter spaces yesterday. Um, it was actually hosted by... Uh, Coinbase, I believe, and it was with a bunch of the the women in the NFT space, right? So it actually featured uh, Reese Witherspoon, right? Well-known actress and uh, entrepreneur, and then women behind, you know, projects. So we had like Deadfellas, World of Women, Long Neck Ladies, and, and it was really cool just to hear like their perspectives, the, the different, um, you know, inspirations for their artwork and really kind of get a spotlight and from an investment, you know, perspective, Brian, we've seen a run on a lot of these women-led projects, right? So to me, I was able to kind of take notes, right, and, and listen and see, okay, which of these projects have have taken off, people know about, but they still haven't taken off all the way, right? Because obviously, World of Women, you know, out of my price range right now, it's taken off a ton. But some of these other ones, I still think, you know, there's room to grow because they have that, you know, that factor. They have a good community, a good roadmap. So, uh, you know, something I'm interested in. What do you think of some of these women-led projects, Brian? I mean, I think they're awesome. I, I like the, um, <clears throat> the uh, it's, it'd be really weird to say like, no, I don't like projects that are, uh, you know, headed by women, but I really do like that fact that we're having a lot more projects that are, <clears throat> you know, focused, headed up by women. And they're kind of making this, uh, I, I would agree that the crypto space has been kind of inclusive over the past couple of years to be mainly, you know, male dominated because it's just, maybe it's because of like how it all is laid out or, you know, I, I couldn't really tell you why I'm not, um, you know, a social scientist or someone that could really explain the difference, but there's just not as many uh, <clears throat> women led projects or really women in the space. So it's really awesome to see a lot more of them um, kind of take charge, take ownership and kick ass. 
because it this crypto and blockchain NFT any any part of this space it doesn't matter who you are where you're from you could be a part any part of the country any part of the world any demographic any anything whatsoever and you can make a name for yourself in this space and you can either tell people who you are or you can be completely anonymous and be the creator of Bitcoin and no one knows who it is but it's changed every single person's life that you'll ever talk to for the rest of your, for the remainder of time so I mean it, it's pretty cool I, I really like that that we, we're seeing a lot more and they're taking charge of it and being <clears throat> you know taking uh, I already said that yeah yes love it yeah, no, and I mean, a good another good use case of Twitter spaces, right? An area that we've tried to grow with Benzinga. Um, Brian, I know you're so active in the Twitter spaces. Uh, I've been trying to listen in on more, right? I mean, obviously, I've spoke, you know, on some. We've, you know, co-hosted. But sometimes it's cool to just listen, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, get that uh, perspective from other people, you know, which is what the the NFT community can can be so much about. Um, you know, different opinions, different, uh, you know, artists, different perspectives. So uh, that was really cool for me. Um, Brian, uh, you know, one of the areas I mentioned, right, was that we have some controversy in the NFT space, right? So Always. we have some of these projects. Yeah, I mean, nothing new, but it seems like it's really coming heavily lately. So the, the biggest things I see are a lot of these projects have large followings, and then they're doing these high mint costs, right? And it's something that, you know, they're doing because they have the the demand, right? Or they think they have the demand, but then they end up not having, you know, as many people maybe as they thought, or, you know, uh, some of these NFT, you know, well-respected names say, no guys, like this isn't right. You shouldn't be doing this high mint cost, right? So um, I've seen a couple lately, we had Serial Club, um, mint today and they did a, a dutch auction and it just seemed like it was really high squiggles which we talked about um not too long ago their mint um they actually ended up getting delisted um from OpenSea. uh they had some uh transactions that were questionable from team members weather report which uh we'll get into on the upcoming mints their former artist um published a document today saying that he was only going to get five percent of royalties and the two co-founders were going to get split 50 percent um so now there's you know a debate on whether or not weather report is going to make it and then we also saw jacked ape club right which was another ape derivative project where we actually had some influencers not disclose that they were influencers mm -hmm. um the project minted but then we saw the founders kind of walk away with the money, right? Which is something we never like to see. You know, was it a rug pull? You know, time will tell, I guess, because then we saw some other people, you know, start to buy them up and the floor price actually rose. Um, Brian, what do you what do you make of all this? I mean, I know I just rattled off a bunch, but there just seems like so much controversy to where if you're new to the space, how do you get into some of these mints? You're almost better off going to existing projects, right? Rather than trying to get in one and find one that's not going to rug? No, I mean, <clears throat> I think you almost nailed it. Whenever you go into a mint and uh, not financial advice, of course, but everyone, you need to keep something like this in mind. If you're going to be trading stocks, assets, options, NFTs, crypto, anything, um, with NFTs especially, if, if you're going into a mint, um, just know that 
<clears throat> at that moment is the most speculative the asset will ever be, especially NFTs. That being said, NFTs in it are on their own are speculative in general because unlike cryptocurrency, unlike say we'll take a, one ether for example, one ether equals one ether, but one board ape yacht club token does not equal another board ape yacht club token. Everything's really subjective. So when you go into the minting aspect, you know, say the mint price is 0 0.06, you know, they mint out, then they're on open sea. And now they're going to be trading at 0 0.03 for the next six months. Do you hold on to it till, till it goes back up to 1.3? Or do you get rid of it and try to move on? Because you don't really want to hold something for six months unless the project keeps your attention, keeps you involved, and keeps you motivated to stay in. So I always wait to see things on OpenSea, see how much left is in the mint, and then go from there. I've minted a couple things, but I think I've only done two in my whole time where I made money off the mint specifically over buying or minting and holding for a while kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to provide, you know, some education and guidance and Brian, that's where, you know, I, I try to be, you know, as honest as possible. And, you know, we don't provide financial advice and like, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. I don't want to see anyone lose money. And, and that's where like, I almost want to call people new to the space to look at existing projects that have been established. We know who the founders are. We know that they didn't walk away with the money. They're still active. The Discord's still active. The community's still active. Or they're, you know, projects that maybe you can buy in with USD, right? And get some, uh, you know, some early experience with NFTs, right? Like Dapper Labs with Top Shot. Um, you know, some of these other drops, right? Um, you know, it's just... It's so hard to get behind some of these projects that have these large followings. And then all of a sudden they say, hey, our mint price is going to be four ETH or our mint price is going to be one ETH. Or, I mean, with the exception of Cool Pets, right? Because Cool Cats was established, you know, their mint price was 0.5. I, I get that. When Mutant Ape Yacht Club launched, right? Everyone got a serum, but they also did a Dutch auction or a launch, public launch. And that was a couple ETH. But again, I mean, those people have clearly made, you know, a lot of money that minted then. But, you know, I think that price was warranted because they, they had that community. They had already done a successful launch. I, I just really don't think some of these ones can, uh, you know, do these ones. Yeah, and we got Nifty Hunters in the chat saying, I believe in Jacked Ape Club. Bradley Martin took over the projects. Bradley Martin, um, I, I believe, has a huge following on Twitter. Uh, fitness person, I believe. Um, you know, he was active in that project and now seems to kind of, you know, be in charge. And again, the floor price did go up, but they did have some questionable, you know, influencers and a questionable, you know, group of founders. And, you know, sometimes red flags are enough to just get me to steer clear of a project. Right. And Brian, it's not like we only have like five projects to choose from. Right. We got thousands. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, if I, did, number, uh, so if I pass on one, forever. there's, there's more to choose from. And, you know, Absolutely. that's why anyone new to the space, I just want to remind you guys again, to be cautious out there. I've seen a lot of people get burned over the past couple of weeks. And unfortunately, when people are new to the space and they get burned, usually that turns them away forever. Right. And that's not something I want you know, for the space and to see NFTs continue to grow. We, we need to get more people involved in the space as well. So just a word of caution, Brian, I didn't even put it in my notes, but I was actually thinking that uh, Metaverse, right? So 
you missed Thursday's episode last week. I had Mitch from Benzinga with me, and we opened some packs um, from NBA Top Shot and NFL mm-hmm. all day, but we also spent some time in the, the metaverse. So Ooh. we played around in Decentraland, and I mean, Brian, I, it's a day, a day doesn't go by that I don't see a headline or get to write about Decentraland, right? So today, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually got to write about the metaverse. Um, the Atlanta Braves are going to be the first baseball team to put their stadium in the metaverse right so they Mm. are going to create a virtual copy of um their park and the really cool thing here is for fans is they're going to have some easter eggs and some scavenger hunts and if you're able to you know complete puzzles and win games you can win prizes right maybe some tickets maybe some memorabilia and again it's not like it costs you money you're just hanging out in the metaverse and then also jp morgan one of the largest financial institutions out there they launched a bank in the metaverse um this week and they also put out a 18 page report which brian i'm still reading and working on articles about it talking about growth of the metaverse they see it as a one trillion dollar um you know market size that is insane right but something we've heard others say but to hear jp morgan say yes metaverse one trillion dollars and they talk about the growth of work in the metaverse right even saying people in other countries could work from the metaverse and not have to worry about moving right you know to the u.s or to other areas so we could help you know some emerging markets it could also help with gaming companies which obviously we've seen already but what do you think brian one trillion dollars. I mean, is that just kind of hogwash, or is J.P. Morgan, you know, on board here, and that's a legit number in the future? No, I think that's absolutely a legit number in the future. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's speculative. We say that word a whole lot, but um, yeah, I mean, it's J.P. Morgan first off, so there is a little bit of credibility behind that whole <clears throat> the conglomerate, um, but also. <clears throat> yeah there's no telling uh like one trillion dollars like that's that's almost on the low end in the whole grand scheme of things of what it can be worth in the next 20 years i mean within the next five to ten years we're gonna see probably double one i mean two trillion you know who knows it's gonna be its own entire ecosystem and decentraland uh decentraland uh upland uh, sandbox and there's um, maybe a few others but those three i think are, are the forefronters of this whole thing and yeah it's no telling where they're gonna be and they're definitely gonna be uh, way bigger than facebook and all these other ones so yeah easy yeah. one trillion easy yeah and i mean for those looking like uh looking for more information like i said i'll have a couple articles out we have one up on benzinga right now about jp morgan opening that bank in the metaverse um so you can find a link to that report with that article um brian so metaverse you know huge talk obviously um i want to get to some upcoming mints right that's something we always like to do on the show and again i i stress right not financial advice. Brian and I are not telling you to go out and, and mint these or buy these, right? We're providing the data, the dates, the mint cost, right? Some uh, some information. Oh, yeah, you reminded me. The New York Stock Exchange, <laughs> they, they filed a couple patents, and they are possibly exploring the metaverse, right? I actually spoke 
to a representative from the New York Stock Exchange, a spokesperson, right? And this is the quote that they gave me, Brian. The New York Stock Exchange has no immediate plans to launch cryptocurrency or NFT trading. The New York Stock Exchange regularly considers new products and their impact on our trademarks and protects our intellectual property rights accordingly. So kind of a vague statement, right, that they don't have immediate plans, but they filed trademarks. So for those of you out there listening or watching, the New York Stock Exchange, one of the largest exchanges in the world, right, they filed trademarks to potentially launch virtual currency, a NFT marketplace, NFTs, virtual, you know, events. That's huge, right? And, and we've yeah. talked about it recently with like McDonald's, Panera, um, you know, all these companies where they file and it doesn't mean that they will. But normally, if you file a trademark, it either means you want to block other people from using your brand or, you know, you have intent to do something with it. Right. So to me, I feel like there's intent here. Right, Brian, that, you know, maybe we see them launch, you know, if if, hey, they can make money off of people buying and selling stocks. Maybe they want a piece of people buying and selling NFTs. What do you think? Is the New York Stock Exchange <clears throat> going to take on OpenSea and Coinbase down the road? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think one, uh, they'd be stupid not to uh, form like kind of a uh, a tokenized version of stocks on their own. Like, <clears throat> you know, anybody who is any ticker that goes through uh, the NYSE, you know, has a tokenized version to it. And then there you open up, uh, I mean, this is legality and stuff like that. We're not lawyers or anything, but you can open up, you know, futures, you can open up uh, fractional shares, you can open up a ton of different things, even collateral against your tokenized uh, stocks, because you have all your stocks in your portfolio, then you also have a tokenized version of them, you get the tokenized version of them as collateral against like a loan or maybe your margin and stuff like that. I mean, there's endless possibilities what they can use it for. And you know what, New York Stock Exchange, that, that's free right there. You guys need consultants. <laughs> yeah, we got we got Brian in the house giving some advice to the, mm -hmm. the NYSE. And Brian, you made some great points there. And I mean, I, I, I would highlight with what you said, the, the IPO process, right? When a company decides to go public, they can kind of choose between listing on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, right? Are the two major ones. Mm -hmm. And there's disadvantages and advantages to both. But what if the New York Stock Exchange has an NFT marketplace and can make, you know, that fractionalized trading option of your, your symbol, your ticker, your company, right, as shares, and the NASDAQ can't, right? That's a competitive advantage. And, and yeah. then also, you know, AMC, right? They did where everyone who owned shares got an NFT, right? It was part of their Investor Connect program. And what if the New York Stock Exchange could be like the, the middleman for something like that, right? If you're publicly traded, you know, we know who all your shareholders are. We can get that data and we can give all those people an NFT. So, I really think there's strong use case here. And I was pretty excited to see, I mean, at first, Brian, when I saw the headline, I was like, oh, this, this is fake, right? The New York Stock Exchange files for NFTs. I was like, no way. So I had to dig in. And like I said, I was on the phone yesterday with the NYSE myself, right? Because I wanted to hear it from them. We were able to get an article out and to get that source, that spokesperson in the article. That's something Benzinga always tries to do, right? Is, you know, get the source, make sure they're reliable. But a uh, great point there, Brian, on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, One more thing that they could do ahead. too, which is uh, something I thought might be interesting. I'm just kind of coming up with it. 
but they could also <clears throat> take the tokenized version and different uh, time zones can all sync up to be like their their preferable eight of uh, or like nine thirty to four p.m. open and close. It could be on all their times, but you can also have the amounts of trade and volume, everything match up to where it wouldn't change anything throughout the country, but everyone's on the same same thing. I'm just saying, there's so many possibilities that I'm yeah, just actually so many. excited. I'm very excited I know. Now we're, now we're excited, and that would give yeah. us a ton more to, to talk about in a future uh -huh. episode, Brian. Uh, let's get to some upcoming mints, right? So, Brian, I mentioned this. We missed you on Thursday's show. I had Mitch fill in, um, you know, uh, one of Benzinga's great video team members here. I'm sure people had seen him before across other shows. And one of the things we did was we opened up some packs, right? So I had some NBA Top Shot and, and NFL All Day Pack. And Brian, I, I ripped open that NFL All Day Pack and I actually had a rare Patrick Mahomes moment. What? They don't have a marketplace yet, so I can't sell it. But people in the chat were saying, oh, that's going to be worth a thousand. That's going to be worth two thousand. I don't know what it's worth yet, but I was pretty excited. Well, guess what? There is another NFL All Day Pack drop happening this week. And this isn't just any old pack, right? So at 4 p.m. today for anyone on the closed beta list, so not if you're new, you had to already be on the list, they are dropping 32,400 packs, $59 each, and you get four moments in the pack. And at least one moment will be from the Super Bowl that we just what? watched on Sunday. So the very first ever Super Bowl moments from NFL All Day. And then on Friday, they are also launching a premium pack, which will be $259. No real details on this yet, but two drops this week. And the most they had done before that was one. So it looks like maybe NFL All Day getting ready to fire on all cylinders and maybe get closer to a public launch. Um, Brian, what do you think? You know, sports NFTs seem like they're really here to stay. NBA Top Shot kind of led the way. And now we have these NFL moments, you know, launching. It is part of the problem here, though. Could it be a timing, right? The, the Super Bowl's over. The season's over. I mean, are, are we going to cool off here? And maybe they, uh, <laughs> they're going to see, you know, uh, not as much demand as they thought at the end of the season. What do you take on that? <clears throat> I, um, We'll see. I mean, because each sport has their own diehard fans. So now maybe we'll we'll run over to basketball and we'll see a lot more like with Top Shot and stuff like that. Another thing that we're um, I saw that uh, LeBron uh, or not LeBron, maybe Dwight Howard. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I get the name right. Uh, who it was did uh made like three hundred and thirty something thousand dollars uh betting Bitcoin on the Super Bowl, and they he only bet. Uh, big oh Drake. It wasn't a basketball player. It was Drake. Sorry, but uh, Drake made uh, three hundred eighty-one thousand dollars from Super Bowl Bitcoin bets, and so I think we're gonna see a lot more, um, you know, crypto gambling it, now that there's a whole lot more sports betting. Because I like football more than basketball, but I like to bet on basketball more than I like to bet on football because it's a lot more predictable. And I think with NFTs in this whole thing, not just for memorabilia, not just for collectors' items. But with NFTs and cryptocurrency and in general, we're going to see a lot more betting move towards crypto as opposed to just fiat or, you know, that secure ACH transfer, all that nonsense that's outdated and whatnot. You'll you'll be able to verify people's location, age, all this other stuff. So I think we're going to see a big influx of that within this year. 
Yeah, and speaking of uh, you know tickets in the blockchain, Brian, I I hadn't even looked yet. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to look after the show, but we did have where everyone who attended the Super Bowl got that free uh, you know Ticketmaster NFL mm-hmm. NFT, and I hadn't looked to see what those were selling for yet. Um, but again, sports NFTs, you know, I think are definitely uh, here to stay and just gonna grow. Uh, another mint that's coming up soon. This isn't you know per se a mint, but Brian. I don't think you had joined the show yet when we talked, or no, I think you did when we talked about crypto bats, the Ozzy Osbourne inspired yeah, I, NFT. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. So remember how we talked about how they had partnered with a couple other NFT groups and eventually you were going to be able to do like this bite process yeah, yeah, yeah. to create mm-hmm. a mutant bat. Uh, I don't think you've seen this yet, Brian, but before you joined uh, backstage today, we actually uh, were watching this video and having a good laugh. Um, Brian, I, I want to share this this crypto bats video, and, and to me, this is how you make a NFT hype video, right? Uh, let, <laughs> let's take a look at this, guys. Um, I, I really enjoyed this, and I, I mean, I'm an Ozzy Osbourne fan, so uh, hats off to him too. Oh yeah, run it. Do you hold NFTs but don't know what to do with them? Do you wish your JPEGs had a little bit more kapow? Introducing the new Mutant Bats Biting Utility, brought to you by uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Using lines of uh, code in the ERC721 smart contract, you can have hours of fun. Simply visit CryptoBats.com, connect your wallet, and select the NFT victim you'd like to bite. The blockchain will magically create a mutant bat that you can call your own. Wow, wow. And it doesn't stop there. Your cool new mutant bat will share the traits of both your crypto bat and the victim. <laughs> Bite a selection of blue chip projects, including Board Ape Yacht Club, Cryptodes, Subducks, Alien Friends, and Cybercoms. Sweep the crypto bats floor today on OpenSea. But don't bite off more than you can chew. Launches February 20th. Crypto bats can only bite once. Visit cryptobats.com slash bite for more information. This is not investment advice. <laughs> Brian, Brian, how about good. that? What what an NFT commercial, right? And they even yeah, got like Ozzy that. Osbourne to participate. I mean, he probably has no idea what NFTs are, or what you know, an ERC token is. But they did get him to to participate. I mean, look at that. He looks so excited, mm-hmm. Brian. He is Where ready. Cost. He is ready, right? And. You know, I, I didn't get into crypto bats because I didn't make the whitelist and that project took off. I think the floor price now is 1.25 ETH, but I think it's really cool that they partnered with these projects, right? And you're going to be able to combine. Mm-hmm. So if you have a crypto bat and you have a board ape, you know, you can do the biting process. And I just kind of want to see what these look like, right? The the mutant bats. I think they're going to look so cool. Um, so I, I'm very excited about that. So that is February 20th so that is first here on our list of you know some upcoming things uh february 21st sneaky vampirus syndicate which is from sneaky vampire syndicate who were on a past episode oh yeah this is Mm -hmm. their their next project brian and uh 0.16 eth is the mint cost but if you own a sneaky vampire you have been collecting or earning the blood token so you will actually be able to pay less by utilizing that blood token. So I like that, right? You're rewarding existing members. The 0.16, I do think is a little high, but again, it's a well-established project. 
they they've been successful. Um, the the new collection will have a supply of twelve thousand five hundred and forty five. Um, I don't remember if I put any of these uh, pictures into the, the overlay here, but they look really cool, right? Um, the Sneaky Vampire Syndicate always reminded me a bit of, um, oh, here's, here's a vampire. Yep, there we go. Um, the, the Sneaky Vampire Syndicate always reminded me a bit of uh, Adam Sandler's character in uh, Hotel Transylvania, um, the yeah. artwork. <laughs> but I always thought that this was really cool. So, Brian, I mean... I, I'm interested in this. If I'm able to mint and get in at 0.16 or, you know, maybe a little bit more, that has been a, a nice community, right? The sneaky vampire. Yeah. They also have that blood token, which they can continue to utilize. So that's one that's on my radar. What do you think or know about sneaky vampires? Um, Not much besides what we talked about. We kind of covered they. Uh, I thought that they were really cool. I like the art. Um, They have a lot of this neat utility, <clears throat> and I think the Bats project is one of the cooler ones out right now because they've collabed with a few other um, projects. I'm pretty sure Wall Street Bulls uh, has a similar aspect to theirs. And we've we've talked on this show and like on Twitter spaces with different projects that do have some sort of connection to other projects and written in the smart contract to where it's open-ended to where you can, if you hold this token address in your wallet, you'll actually get, you know, either this nft this token will change this nft will change or that one will do or you'll get a whole new one that kind of stuff so i think that's really cool to include into projects because you not only get your community you get their community and you get different ones and everyone's kind of coming together driving the price up and everyone's have a good time if you're a smart nft token developer or a project this is what you want to do because you're limiting yourself just by only your community like might as well join forces or you know have other people in I think it's really cool. I like it. Uh, I can't wait to see what's next on the evolution of what's going to be the next hot topic. Because every other week, every other project, there's something new and cool and exciting. And this is the last one I think that's the most exciting to me so far. Yeah, no, shout out to Wilberto Rodriguez in the chat. Um, I know we've talked to him before with Wall Street Bulls um, during the those interviews in the chat and saying that they partnered with a lot of female projects. So he got mm -hmm. whitelist spots due to owning World of Women. So, you know, you heard me mention that Twitter spaces. And, and now we have Sneaky Vampire, you know, doing a uh, female trait project, right? And, you know, that's one of the things with Bored Apes, right? Is the Bored Apes were all, you know, these male traits for the most part, which has led to some derivative projects that have been female apes because Bored Apes hasn't done a female launch themselves. So I really like Sneaky Vampire, you know, doing this themselves, creating a whole nother way. Also, you know, Crypto Dads, which I own, they did the Crypto Moms Mint, where you got a yeah. free mom for holding a dad. Um, they're eventually, you know, going to have the Crypto Tot down the road. But I, I really am looking forward to this mint. Brian, another one we talked about uh, recently was Star Catchers, right? So Star Catchers, very cool artwork, uh, a big hyped project their mint date now is out february 22nd a mint cost of 0.111 eth supply of 10,000 um they just did a, a uh, spaces recently with robotos and you know i know the robotos team well I, I like that right that gives me some nice validation of the team mm. Because the last couple projects that we've seen that have these huge Twitter followings have ended up, you know, not being the, the greatest ones to get into. So Starcatchers has 
over 77,000 followers. Um, but we actually have like a hundred in common, right. Uh, between, uh, me and them, um, which I like seeing that, right. That means a ton of people in the NFT space, um, you know, follow them. Look at that image right there. We got the backpack, the jacket and that star. I mean, that <laughs> looks, and that, even that background, I, I mean, that is PFP able right there. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like the colors. I like the pastel aspect to it. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So again, uh, that is Star Catchers, and that is February twenty second, point one one one. All right. So February twenty third, uh, Brian. This is probably the the biggest project that I have heard about or seen since uh, Mecca uh, launched uh, a couple months ago. Right. We have Invisible Friends. So Invisible Friends, mm -hmm. February twenty third. 0.25 ETH is the mint cost, 5,000 supply. Their Discord is now locked um, because they want to fight off any you know possible bot attempts when they do their mint. Uh, last I looked, Invisible Friends has 470,000 followers on Twitter, um, and I have 230 followers in common. I mean, again, this is the biggest, most hyped NFT project I've seen in a while. But Brian, there's only 5,000. And their mint cost is 0.25. What, what do we think is going to happen, right? I know they have a big white list. Um, so those people are going to be able to, you know, get in and probably avoid gas wars. But I don't know how many are going to be left for public, if any. But uh, I, I just have the feeling that that floor is going gonna, is gonna to go up significantly. And I, I actually respect this team a lot for keeping it at 0.25. Again, that's higher than we've seen other projects. But the last mm -hmm. couple projects that have had this big of a following have done a much higher mint cost. So what do you think? 0.25 mint cost with this big of a following and only 5,000 supply. Was that the right call? Is it too high, <clears throat> too low? <clears throat> what, what are your gonna, thoughts? That's going to probably sell out very quickly. And the floor price will be between one and two ETH within seconds of it selling out. If, uh, if if even if it's that low, I mean I'm thinking higher. I, this one has been really hyped, and yeah, I mean it's gonna. I think it'll explode. It might dip a little bit when people try to sell, get out because it. Uh, if you are gonna mint, one thing that I would do again, not financial advice. If you are gonna mint, try to always get multiple of them. Like try to get more than one <clears throat> and do it at the same time, so you don't pay ridiculous. You're not yep. paying for one and just gas fees alone. But keep doing that more, mint more than one, and then take your profits off one of them, or you know try to try to flip at least one of them. And if you have multiple more, but if you only buy one, don't don't just flip it right when you get it. You know I wouldn't flip it right when I got it. That's what I meant to say. So yeah. just hold it. You know, do what you got to do, but maybe buy more than one. <laughs> yeah, this project. I mean, again, it's so hyped. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, 0.25. I'm not on the whitelist. I don't think I have any chance of getting one. So I'll be looking at OpenSea for secondary sales. But again, I just think that they're going to be too high, um, you know, pre-reveal. And, you know, I might get priced out of this one. But the fact that it has this many followers and this big of, uh, you know, a community and hype, uh, I'm still going to take a, take a look, right, a and see, um, you know. So, and then Brian... On February 24th, uh, we have Weather Report. Um, so Weather Report, I can't remember if we've talked about on the show. It's one that I've been following for a while. Uh, another one where people are really drawn into the, the artwork, right? 
So they announced um, their mint date, February 24th. I have not seen a mint price yet. Um, look at these images, though. Really cool, right? Really unique. Um, you know, and the, the thing with this, though, Brian, of course, as I said in the drama segment, right? They have some drama out there. The former artist took to Twitter today, released a paper saying he was let go from the project. Um, he was promised 5% of royalties. The founders were going to get 50%. Um, there was a huge disagreement. They stole his artwork and the list goes on. They did a Twitter spaces today. I don't know if the former artist was part of that Twitter spaces, if they all cleared the air, if they came to any agreement. My guess is it was probably one-sided, um, yeah. but who knows? Um, so if anyone out there listening or watching knows, let me know. But otherwise, I'll be sure to uh, play the recording on that Twitter spaces later tonight. Um, but Brian, I mean, the fact that there's a, a little bit of, uh, you know, fud on this project going well, into the drama mint, alert. Uh, I don't love it, right? When there's other projects that we could find. Um, but again, it should be on everyone's radar that the mint date is February 24th. And we'll definitely keep everyone updated. And then last on the list, February 26th, we have Wonder Pals minting. Wonder Pals, uh, the wonderful artist uh, Mina, a collection of 10,000. I mean, Brian, look at those. They're so cute. They remind <laughs> me of some of these other projects. Um, you know, and the, the thing I love about this project is that when we had like Toy Boogers on and some other, mm -hmm. they, they love this artist. They love the project, right? Look at that mint price. 0 0.08. Let's get some mints back under 0.1. I love it. This one's on my calendar, February 26, 10,000, 0.08. What do you think um, of Wonder Pals here, Brian? Yeah, I like that. I like the price. I like the art. And um, <clears throat> I like the uh, just the whole aesthetic because that, that's kind of my style. I really like those, uh, like the cartoony but like the pastel colors kind of thing i, I like it just on a aesthetic um uh, you know just by looking at it, that's what i like so i'm yeah. down with them i like yeah. i don't know if i'm gonna get into them yet um i gotta see more about it but from just uh the way it it looks i do really like it definitely all right well we're running out of time here so i just want to recap because that was a uh, uh, some big projects that are coming up over the next uh, two weeks. So again, today we have NFL All Day dropping packs um, where you get a guaranteed Super Bowl moment inside those packs. Four moments, $59. 32,400 packs available. On February 20th, we have CryptoBats being able to bite another NFT project for the first time to turn into a mutant bat. Um, floor price on CryptoBats currently 1.25 ETH. On February 21st, we have Sneaky Vampire Syndicate launching from Sneaky Vampire Syndicate. 0.16 ETH mint price, or you can utilize your blood token for a cheaper cost. That collection, 12,545 supply. On February 22nd, Star Catchers, 10,000 NFTs, 0.111 ETH mint price. February 23rd, Invisible Friends, 0.25 ETH. 5,000 supply, their Discord now locked, over 700,000 followers on Twitter. February 24th, weather report. Um, and then February 26th, Wonder Pals, 10,000 NFTs, 0 0.08.
there. I got through them, Brian. That was a lot to rattle off. But uh, <laughs> uh, again, a big part we want to do of this show is, uh, you know, letting everyone know what projects should be on their radar and they should be looking forward to. So we'll let everyone know, um, you know, if any more pop up. But Brian, one thing I do know is uh, I saw an update from uh, Photo Finish, the uh, Solana based horse racing game and i think maybe we're gonna have to talk about that on an upcoming episode and get more into some of these solana projects because i wrote an article about that interview with legend right and there was Mm. just i I mean i listened to it again brian when he named his top five and man that guy is so smart and those five that he named i just i i gotta get some solana and i gotta start getting into these projects especially uh getting my stable set up and photo finish so uh <clears throat> what do you think brian we're uh we're yep. gonna have to buy some solana nfts right i'm i'm two steps ahead <laughs> all right well brian anything else to add before we uh wrap for the day see all right tomorrow. well we will see everyone tomorrow as brian said so take care 2 p.m eastern time tomorrow Again, shout out to everyone watching us live, watching us on replay, and listening in on the podcast. Be sure to smash that like. Subscribe to Benzinga's YouTube channel. A big thank you to our friends at FTX for sponsoring this episode and getting that killer commercial in the Super Bowl. Uh, Shout out to Ruel in the chat right now, too. I see him there. He has a show talking crypto and NFTs on Benzinga as well. Uh, and we will catch everyone tomorrow. Stay tuned. Take care, everyone.